0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message.
1: We are getting in the truth today over in the book of Acts. We have started a series And this will be part four, even though we are only in chapter two. But it's it's really more of just preaching out of the book of Acts than actually just preaching the book of Acts. You understand? So, you know, the Lord just led me to use Acts as kind of the springboard. Because the book of Acts talks about the church. Talks about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're looking at Jesus. You're looking at him. You come over to the book of Acts, you're still looking at Jesus, but now it's him by the Holy Spirit working through his church, working through believers. So that's what the book of Acts is all about. And we saw that in Acts chapter 1, getting back to the book of Acts, getting back to our identity as Christians and what the church should look like, we need to, number one, get back to continual prayer. Then number two, got to get back to expectancy. Being full of expectancy, excitement, enthusiasm. Do we have any enthusiasm this morning? Uh, number three, respect for God's house. Respect for his house. where they all gathered together in one place. And then unity. They were all in one accord, in one place. Then we saw that getting back to the book of Acts, being book of, book of Acts believers, we got to be being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then number six, the thing that we spent the most time on last time, was speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues is a big part of this dispensation. This is a big part of the church. In fact, the church at Corinth, for example, they were speaking in tongues so much that Paul the apostle had to come in there and he had to help bring some balance and tell him, you know, you're gonna have to speak some things in your understanding too. You can't just be speaking. When you come together as a church, you can't just be speaking in tongues. That's not going to work for everybody. So he had to bring balance to it because they were speaking in tongues so much. And we said concerning speaking of tongues, there were 10 things, 10 benefits of speaking in tongues. Number one, we saw that it's evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's a sign to unbelievers, a sign and a wonder to unbelievers. Number three, it's a way to praise and magnify God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, you give thanks well, giving thanks to God. Number five, it's a a means by which we can bless others, bless others in this supernatural language called speaking in tongues. Number six, it's to build up our faith. When you're praying in tongues, you know, a lot of times if you talk a lot, you wear yourself out. You know, some people just wear themselves out with their mouth. They just keep going. It's like, you know, give that thing a rest you know, it's talking about your tongue, give the thing a rest, because you wear yourself out. But speaking in tongues builds you up. When you're using your tongue to speak in the Spirit, speak by the Holy Spirit, it builds you up. Specifically, according to Jude 20, it builds you up on your most holy faith, builds you up on the inside, builds you up in your spirit, builds you up in your faith. Number seven, we saw that It helps you to grow in revelation and understanding of God, understanding of his word. Number eight, we said it was a springboard into the supernatural, into all kinds of supernatural things, all kinds of miraculous things. Number nine, we saw that speaking in tongues will restore your soul. It brings rest and refreshing to your soul. Rest and refresh. Isaiah the prophet talked about that in Isaiah chapter 28. And then number 10, speaking in tongues will help you to be intoxicated with God. (laughs) Help you to be intoxicated. What does it mean to be intoxicated? Overcome. Overcome. Man, why do people do drugs today? Why do people drink alcohol? Why do they do these things? Well, because they want to escape. They want to escape the pain. Whether it's physical, a lot of times it's emotional, mental pain. They're just looking for an escape. So instead of being overcome with their problems, overcome with the cares of life, they want to be overcome or intoxicated. Because again, intoxicated means overcome. They, didn't want, to be, they want to be overcome by some kind of drug. They want to medicate the problem. Well, that's not really wrong to want to medicate the problem. It's not really wrong to want to be intoxicated. It's just what you're being intoxicated with that matters. You look at a liquor store and, and they advertise wine and... Spirits. Wine and what? Spirits. There's spirits in that place? There's spirits in those bottles? That's what they call it. Spirits. Yeah, there are spirits. There are demon spirits behind alcohol. And behind all kinds of things that get people addicted and bring people into bondage. That's what the devil's referred to as a spirit of bondage. It brings people into bondage. But I like what it says over in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians the 5th chapter in talking to the church and in verse 18, he says, do not be drunk with wine, with alcohol. Or we could say, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Which is dissipation or a waste of time. But, and I like that. See, the world says, don't do drugs. It stops there. God doesn't stop there. He says, don't do drugs. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit. Not just a spirit, not the wine and spirits over there at your local liquor store. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And here he's likening being filled with the Spirit of God to being drunk. He's saying, we got to substitute. For alcohol and drugs. You know, we got a real drug epidemic going on in our society today. Lots of people are are addicted to drugs, overcome by drugs. Well, there's a lot of problems in the world today, too. People can't handle them. People were never created to handle the problems of life. People were never created to carry the cares of life. It said A lot of the church world doesn't even know this, you know. I, I mean, one time I was headed down to Florida, the panhandle there, for a little vacation. Get away for, for a little rest and relaxation. And so we're driving down there, and we're just about there. I think we just passed the sign where it says, Welcome to Florida. And then we passed another sign. It was a church sign. And I read the church sign, and on the church sign it says, The Lord gave you shoulders so you can bear the burdens of life. Or carry the burdens of life. I mean, I'm on my way on, to on a vacation. <laughs> he just told me my shoulders were made to carry the cares of life. Carry the burdens of life. Oh, come on. Suck it up. I mean, yeah, you got burdens, but that's why God gave you shoulders. So you can carry them. I mean, that is not a proverb. You will not find that in the Bible. You will find in your Bible, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Roll all your cares over onto the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. Stop worrying. Stop trying to figure everything out. And let God lead and guide you through life. But you see, a lot of folks think they got to carry the cares of life. No, bless God, we're learning to keep, give them to the Lord and keep them on the Lord. How many people know he can handle all our cares put together? He can, he can, he can carry all of them, and it's not, not a problem to him at all. But you can't carry very much, and it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem because you weren't made to carry them. Look in the mirror. Shoulders were created... To carry the Holy Spirit. I mean, it doesn't quite say it that way. But when you read the Word of God, that's what we see. We see the Spirit of God coming upon the disciples in that upper room. In Acts chapter 2, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. The Holy Spirit came like a dove upon Jesus. It rested upon him. We're talking about the power of God. Coming upon a person. To empower them, not to push them down, but to empower them to overcome. To overcome in life. So, I mean, if you're carrying the burdens and cares of life, then you're not carrying the Holy Spirit. Because you can't carry both. You're either in fear about your problems or you're in faith about the Lord. So if we're in faith about the Lord, then we have the Holy Spirit upon us. If we're in fear about the problem, then we got cares upon us. And that'll burn you out, wear you down fast. So we're learning to get them off. Get them off as fast as we can. Get them off. And they'll try to come back on you. They'll try to come back on them, on you, but you just continue. Shake them off. Shake them off. Shake them off. Praise. Resist. 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 And he'll flee. You know, once the devil knows... You've put your foot down and you're done. You ain't messing around with this or that. Then he knows he's done and he's gone. He'll flee from you. But sometimes there is that that time of resisting where you got to keep shaking off. Shaking off the enemy. Keep shaking off the fear. Keep shaking off the worry. Keep shaking off your problems. And keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on him and that'll keep the power of his spirit upon you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what we were made for. We were made to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed in God, submerged in Him. That's what you and I were created for. We weren't created for all this mess, to carry messes. That's not what we were created for. We were created to be filled with the Spirit. So he says, says, don't intoxicate yourself with things that only give you temporary relief. That are only a temporary thrill, and then after it wears off, you're seven times worse than you were before. Sometimes you see that right away, and sometimes you see that over time. But the boy people try to make themselves feel better through drugs and things, alcohol and so forth. They actually make their lives worse. They complicate things. They mess things up. So God's not saying don't be drunk. He said, don't be drunk with wine. He didn't say, don't be drunk. He said, don't be drunk with the wine and spirits of the world. But be filled with the Spirit. hallelujah. Be filled with the Spirit. He goes on, verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. To the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Keeping your eyes on God, speaking the right things, speaking the word of God, speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaking thanksgiving. Got to watch about whining and complaining. Man, it'll make a mess of your life real fast. It'll make things get worse really bad. I think spiritual bacteria grows really fast in a murmuring, griping environment. Put the light of the Word of God on it. Put the light of thanksgiving on it. Kill the bacteria. Kill the the fungus. Kill the mildew. Kill it with thanksgiving. Amen. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, you go back to Acts chapter 2. That's exactly what we see. Verse 4, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 5, Now there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They were there because of the Feast of Pentecost. They had come from every nation. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And we talked about how God had given them an interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 teaches about that. And they were all amazed, verse 7, and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And then he begins to name all these different languages. Verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking, said, they're full of new wine. They're drunk. See, they looked like a bunch of drunks. Now you gotta say something. This is how the church started. This is this is the church age beginning right here. We had the Old Testament, then you got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, you see this transition. Jesus pays for our crimes against God and humanity. He takes all our sins, takes the penalty of sin upon himself. Redeems our life from destruction. These people believe in it. They're saved. And now the church age begins with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They're all being filled with the Holy Spirit. What does this church look like? Well, to some people. To some people, they look like they're full of new wine. How many churches have you visited lately where it looked like they were full of new wine? No, some place looks like they're full of vinegar. You know, I mean, in most churches, they're so sober that I mean, it's sour. It hurts. I mean, they're feeling everything. I mean, they're feeling the service too. They're feeling the seat under them. You know, they're waiting for it all to be over so they can go to brunch. You know, just a lot of folks just so sober. No. Uh, we need to be like this church right here. This is how the church age started. This set the precedent for what the church is to be like. We're to be so full of the Spirit that we're like a bunch of drunks. Now, Jesus himself was accused by the religious people. They looked at him, and they, 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 they accused him of being a glutton and a wine-bibber. A drinker of wine. A wine-bibber, see. They thought well, he's 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 a wine bibber. I wonder what gave them that impression. Maybe just the fact that he was just full of joy and nothing got to him. I mean, all the stuff that was coming against him, I mean, and yet just never seemed to never, never seemed to get to him. But never did get to him. They couldn't get to him no matter what they tried to do to him. Because Jesus was just overcome, not with them and their problems and their persecutions. He was overcome with the Spirit of God. He himself was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, in verse 14, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose. He didn't just say they weren't drunk. He said, they're not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. What is he talking about there? Well, that's 9 a.m. in the morning. He's saying, guys, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Do you really think we're drunk? No, we're just having church. We're just having a church service, man. We're just getting filled with the Holy Spirit. See, that's God's will for us. To be so full of him, we're intoxicated with him. Numb, comfortably numb to the things of this world. So yeah, stuff happens, but uh, we're not overly sensitive to it. A lot of times people are so overly sensitive to things. Somebody criticize them. They just fall apart. You know, you see some marriages. I mean, it's like a nightmare. I mean, somebody just looks at them wrong. What do you look at me like that for? Why are you talking like that? Why? You, why you know? And and, and 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 every everybody's Everybody's like super sensitive. In other words, super sober. But it's time to take a sip, church. I could tell some of you need a sip right now. Come on, see, hold up your Bible with me. Unscrew the cap. And let's take a sip, shall we? Get happy. Get happy. Full of the Holy Spirit. That's what God's word. You know, freedom is awesome. Freedom is a good feeling. And God's word sets us free. And his spirit, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. There is freedom. There is freedom. There is freedom. Doesn't matter what's going on around us in this world, where the Spirit of the Lord is in this world, where He he is in manifestation, where He is at work, where He is believed, there is. There's freedom. There's liberty. So Peter, he stands up and he begins to clarify what's going on here. He says we're not drunk as you suppose. I'm not going to say we're not drunk. It's just not With wine or the things that the world has to offer. It's what heaven has to offer. We're full of his spirit. He goes on, he says in verse 16. He begins to explain to him what this is all about. He says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. That it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. That I'll pour out my spirit. No, it wasn't just for that day. It's for the last days. You and I are a part of the last days. Because it hasn't ended yet, has it? So this is still the last days. He says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Prophecy is a big part of the last day church, and he says this is this is going to be something. It's for it's for all all those who believe. Maidservants, servants, sons, daughters. It's for everyone to be filled with the Spirit and to flow in the Holy Spirit. Even to be able to prophesy. Verse 19, he says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. One of those signs, of course, is speaking in tongues. But it doesn't stop there. There's a whole lot more signs. Jesus said over in Mark 16, He said, in my name, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He said, they'll speak with new tongues. He said, they'll cast out demons, devils. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. Believers will be able to do these signs. It's all part of the last day church. He says, uh, signs of the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke... The fire and vapor of smoke is describing the glory of God. Verse 20, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood. That's interesting because, you know, uh, just recently in the last few years, there's been all this talk about blood moons. How many people know what I'm talking about? I mean, a lot of attention given to these blood moons and the timing of the blood moons and all these things. It's all part of the signs of the last days that were spoken about, prophesied about 2,000 years ago. He said these signs will come to those that are living in the last of the last of the last days. He says these things will happen before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, just going back to the signs in the heavens. I just saw this past week, somebody sent me a little clipping of... A sign that is going to be in the heavens. Most of you might know about it. But it's going to be on December 21st. That's when it's going to be the strongest. And then it'll be all week long during the Christmas week. And what is it? It's Saturn and Jupiter. They're going to align in such a way that they said it's going to look like they're going to collide together. And it's going to create what they call or refer to as the Christmas star. Or the Bethlehem star. So this is going to happen. There's going to be this alignment on the 21st. And you know what's interesting? You know, usually uh, these eclipses and things like that, they can only be seen in certain parts of the world at certain times. This will be able to be seen by everyone everywhere in the world. No matter where you are, one hour after sunset. One hour after sunset on the 21st is when it's going to be the strongest and then it'll continue all week long. But it's Christmas week, and these things are aligning. I mean, did somebody tell the stars, oh, this is the week to do that. This is, this is when we celebrate the birth of Jesus and the, the star. And, and it's, you say, what is with that? It's a sign in the heavens. <clears throat> it's a sign. And accompanied with all these other signs, it's letting us know where we are in God's timetable. We're in the last days. We're in the last of the last days, very close to the coming of the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God. Now notice that. A man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. Which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. So, again, we see, as we've seen before, that Jesus didn't do anything of himself. A lot of people think Jesus did the miracles and the healings and things like that because he was the Son of God, he was actually God in the flesh. But we understand from the scriptures that when God became a man in the person of Jesus, he had emptied himself of all his divine attributes as God. He wasn't omnipresent. He couldn't be everywhere at the same time. He was in one location at one time. Whereas God can be everywhere and anywhere. Jesus was not all-knowing. He was inquiring. He was learning. He He was seeking out knowledge and understanding of things. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and understanding. He grew in it. God doesn't grow in wisdom and in understanding. So you see, Jesus was functioning as a man full of God full of the Spirit of God, and God, by His Spirit, did the miracle signs and wonders and the healings through Jesus. So that's why it emphasizes these things as Peter is standing up preaching to all these people from all the different nations. He says that Jesus was a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him. He didn't do it of himself. God did it through him. Well, let me ask you this: If God did these things through Jesus, could He do these things through you? He could, couldn't He? Would He? Would He do these things? Well, yes. Isaiah forty-four, verse twenty-six, talks about the Lord and says concerning Him who confirms the word of His servant. And performs the counsel of his messengers. Performs the counsel of his messengers. Well, his messengers, what are they counseling? They're counseling his word. They're giving his word. And Mark 16 says that the Lord confirms the word. He confirms his word with signs following So when we're preaching his gospel, we're preaching his word, he confirms that word. We should be looking for him to confirm the word. He says, concerning Jesus, he was a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders. And so that word attested means proved. Proved. God proved Jesus. Not just Jesus, but the message Jesus preached. The word that Jesus ministered. How many people know? Jesus didn't speak his own words. He only spoke the word of God. Even when the devil came and tempted him. The devil came and tempted Jesus. And how did Jesus answer the devil? It is written. The devil said, he said, bow down and worship me. And, and Jesus said, it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Jesus was always referring to scripture. And God confirmed the word through Jesus. He proved it. He verified it. And as we said back in chapter 1, verse 3 of Acts, we have a God who proves himself. When he says something, he will prove himself to be true. He doesn't just throw things out there, and they're just dead words. And he doesn't back them up. Oh yeah, God backs up his word with power, God backs up what he says. If he says he's a healer, if he says he's a deliverer, and you believe, and you take hold of his name, and you speak his word, he is going to back you up with power. He is not going to send you out there as his messenger, as his soldier, with weapons that have no ammo in them. Think about that. I mean, what kind of commander in chief, what kind of general would send his soldiers out and not give them any ammo? Just give them pretty looking guns. Now, when you get out there, just hold those guns up and your enemy should flee from you. If he doesn't, you're dead. If he doesn't, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. So uh, look tough, guys. Look like you know what you're doing. Point those guns like you have power, even though you don't. Because you never know with God. You know, sometimes He'll perform His word, sometimes He doesn't. Sometimes He heals, sometimes He doesn't. You know, you know, God is. You, know, you just never know with God. How do we know? We know with God. Well, how do you know? Because we got His word on it. His word tells us exactly what He's like and what He does, and we can build our life on His word. It's a rock. It's to be the foundation for our life, and we can trust in it. And that's what the book of Acts is, is just full of. It's full of the church, believers, going out, starting with the apostles, and then, you know, they're training the church, and then you start seeing it with other believers in the church, just laymen in the church, and they're doing signs, wonders, miracles. It doesn't just stay with the apostles. You know, people call this the Acts of the Apostles. That's not true. It's Acts. And if you want to add to it, say Acts, the Acts of the early church. Because it wasn't just the apostles. Stephen wasn't an apostle. Stephen was an apostle, the first Christian recorded martyr in the Word of God. He, he was, the Bible says that he had the face of an angel, which means he had a glow to him, and he did miracles signs and wonders among the people. Philip, he wasn't an apostle. He was an evangelist. Do we have evangelists today? He was an evangelist. What did he do? Well, he he caused the whole city to be full of joy wherever he went and preached Christ to them. And there were mighty miracles that took place. And demons were being cast out of people. Paralyzed people were being raised up. All kinds of amazing things were happening. It was Philip. He wasn't one of the apostles. People have, religion has so distorted the word of God just to try, and of course Satan's behind it, to try to eliminate faith in the power of God. It just has the church listening to teaching like they're sitting in some kind of classroom, getting their heads educated. We're not just getting our heads educated, we are getting our minds renewed. But we're taking hold of the living word of God. It's transforming our lives into the very image. We're looking at this and we're understanding this is who we are. We're finding ourselves, and thus finding our faith. And that faith is rising up and it's taking hold of the promises of God. Whatever the word of God promises, God backs it up with power. He backs it up with power. The Apostle Paul said the Word of God didn't come in letters, only but in power. In power. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we have a powerful God who has a powerful Word. He has a powerful body of Christ, a powerful church. Come on. I mean, He's a God of power. He don't do anything halfway. He don't do anything weekly. He's of power he if you are connected and a part of him then you are a person of power are you finding yourself this morning are you finding your faith in the word of god that you are a person of power come on you know the bible says he sent his word and healed them just just sitting and hearing the word of god as your faith rises up and takes it it'll heal you sitting in the chair you don't even have to have hands laid on you. You don't even have to have anybody pray over you. You just it. See see. Next thing you know, all the symptoms are gone. The pain leaves. How many times have we seen that? We've seen that many, many, many times. Pain just leave the person. Sickness just leave the person. They get up and say, you know, I came here with this, and it's gone. As you were ministering, it left. Why, why would that happen? Why would it leave while I'm ministering? Because faith is coming. Your faith is rising up, and without even really thinking about it, You're thinking about it, and your heart's taking hold of it. You're feeding on it, and it's changing you. And it's changing you physically. It's healing you. It's delivering you, setting you free. I mean, there's some things right now, if your faith is rising up in the word that you're hearing, there's some things right now that could suddenly have changed outside, you know, uh, this, this church here, but something that affects your life. Maybe it's people. Maybe it's whatever. You know, I think of that woman who came to Jesus, and she was crying out after him. She had a daughter that was severely demon-possessed. And so, and it took a lot for her to finally get through to Jesus. And when she finally got through to him, got his attention, he spoke a word to her. And she responded to that word with faith. And the moment she responded to that word in faith, Jesus said to her, because of that word right there, the demon, but you just said, the demon's gone out of your daughter. He knew that. Hallelujah. He knew that. He saw that when she got into faith concerning him and the word that he spoke to her, when she got into faith, then she spoke her faith. She spoke her faith. When she spoke her faith, the daughter was delivered. If Jesus didn't tell her that, she wouldn't have known that until she got home. I wonder what's waiting for some of you at home. I wonder what, I mean, just let your faith take it. Why not? Believe the word, mix faith with it, speak out, your fa- release your faith. And it might just be a good amen. You know, amen is not supposed to be some dead religious thing. Amen. 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 Amen, amen. No, what do you mean when you say amen? So be it. So be it. so be it in my life. Yes, and amen. So be it. Right now, I believe it. You're releasing your faith. See, so we just turned into like a you know like a religious say, amen, amen, <laughs> amen. Oh you understand? Let's stop saying amen, and let's just say it in English. So be it. So be it. That doesn't sound very religious, but it'll work. Probably work a whole lot better than the amen, because we don't even know what amen, we don't know what we're saying. Half the time we're saying amen. But you see what I'm saying? Releasing faith in the words you're hearing, through your words, will cause that word to come to pass in your life. And so some of it might happen to you, right, right, right. a lot of stuff can happen while you're right there in the chair. And you'll know it right there because it's happening to you right there in the chair. But then there's some things that might happen that concern your life out there, outside of church. And you believe it. And you receive it. Praise God. Come on, we should be going home to some changes. We should be, see, we should be going to work on Monday and, man, things are different around here. Oh, look. Oh, that bonus. Oh, that thing here. That The word works. God is a God who backs up his word. He just needs us to mix faith with it. He just needs us to mix faith with it. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I like it over here in Galatians chapter 3. This describes much of where the church is today. If Paul was going to write to most of the church world today, he'd probably probably rewrite Galatians 3. And it starts off with Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, you heard the word of faith and you believed it and that's how what? You received the Spirit. You received the Spirit. Some of you could be receiving some more of the Spirit right now. I mean, we were talking about getting drunk a little while ago. Some of you should feel a little buzz at least by now. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you should be feeling a whole lot better. A whole lot number to the things that were, that were bothering you. Can you say amen? amen? Are we looking for these things? Are we expecting these things? Faith is expecting. Faith is expecting. Faith is looking for the changes as we're hearing. As we're hearing the, as we're hearing the word, faith comes. And here he says, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain? All the persecution and things that you've endured. If indeed it was in vain. Verse 5, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Notice how he says that. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. Let's talk about uh, in your life, especially when you come together as a church. Happy we know His Spirit is among us. You, what else should be among us? Let's 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 look at that again. He who supplies the Spirit to you. Did He supply the Spirit to us? And works miracles among you. Does He work miracles among us? Yes. Yes, so you see, we should be looking for that and expecting more and more of that. As surely as he has given us his spirit, has supplied us with his spirit, he has given us the miraculous to walk in and to experience among us all the time. In other words, miracles are to be the new norm. You gotta always talk about the new norm. This is the new norm, this is the new norm. A lot of you gotta answer and say, that is not the new norm. That is not the new norm. That is not how we're living. Now, we might be dealing with those things right now, but that is not the new norm. I now, mean, you just shut up. Because that is not the new norm. For Now, you want to know the new norm? That's the church of the living God just taking over. Yeah. Full, just full of the fire of the Holy Ghost, yeah. casting out devils, yeah. raising the dead. Come on, let's get some dead people up. Heal the sick? Yeah. Yeah. That's the new norm. It was the new norm for these guys. In Acts chapter 2 and all through the book of Acts, that was Holy Spirit came in there and just wrecked their lives. Wrecked their lives as their lives were and gave them a whole new life. A life of miracles, a life of signs, a life of wonders, a life of healing, a life of deliverance, a life of just being intoxicated and overcome with the goodness of God. Just full of His Spirit. Whoo! Normal. Normal. See how he says, and he who works miracles among you. He supplies the Spirit to you, and he who works miracles among you. And, And how does he do these things? How does he do these things? Through the hearing of faith. That's why Jesus said, I think it's in Mark 5 or 4, he said, take heed how you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Take heed how you hear. We want to make sure we're hearing. In other words, we're listening to what we're hearing. We're not just hearing religious noise. We're, we're listening. It's not a lot of white noise, you know. <sighs> we're, hear- we're listening. We're getting a hold of this. And through the hearing of faith. Concerning these things. So be it. We have these things. Fully functional. And working in our life. I got news for you. God never left. The spirit of God was poured out. And he's still raining down upon the earth. He's raining on all flesh. That's what he said. He said he's going to pour it out on all flesh. Those of that generation and future generations, he's raining on all flesh. But not all flesh is aware of it. Not all flesh is receiving it. Not all flesh is believing it. Not all flesh is walking in it. You've got to what? You've got to turn and receive it. You've got to recognize this outpouring of the Spirit of God and turn and receive it. Think about that. There's a rain that's coming down that unless you believe it and purpose to receive it, you'll not get wet. Now, I wish we could do that with natural rain, you know. It would be nice. I don't believe in you. Just walk out there and don't get wet. But you see, folks don't know it. They got this whole suit on and 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 this huge, huge unbelief umbrella. They got this unbelief umbrella, and they don't know it. It's just a part of their life. And the rain is just, it's just all around them. They don't even know it. It's being poured out on them, but they, they're not receiving it. But then when you get saved, and you get Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit in you, then you can hear these things and discover that there's something more that God wants you to have. There's this baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's this saturation. I'm telling you, it ain't just trickling out, friend. It is pouring out. You know, there's some rain, and some raindrops that are so big. It's like somebody dropping water balloons and then bursting on the windshield of your car. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you see some of these, I mean, we're talking about big raindrops coming down really, really heavy. And if you just go five feet out in that rain to get in your car, you are soaked. Have been i know what I'm talking about. I mean, you just you just run a few feet and, and you get in your car, and it's like you were just in the shower. You're completely soaked. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of rain of the spirit I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. And he's raining down upon your life right now. He's raining down on you right now. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo, man. If we get a hold of this, man. We'll just be saturated. Saturated, saturated with the Spirit of God, saturated with the life of God, saturated with the goodness of God, and that's how He wants us to live. He wants us to be saturated, satiated. The Bible says He'll satiate the souls of His priest. He wants you satiated. He wants you totally overcome. He wants you soaking wet, immersed in His life. And it's here. You don't have to get God to get it. God send the rain. It is raining. It's pouring. Stop snoring. <laughs> it's raining. It's pouring. The old man is. Snoring. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of folks sitting there is like the old man, you know. The old man. Yeah. You know, there's the new man, the new creation. <laughs> and there's the old man. He's snoring. He's missing the whole thing. But for you and I it's pouring. Yeah. Hey listen, if it ain't pouring on your life, you're snoring in life. <laughs> Wake up! Amen. Nudge somebody next to you and say, "You know, you better get up." Get with it. Get. Let's get this. Sure. Woo! Hallelujah! We don't have to beg God for a single thing. He's pouring it out richly. He's pouring it out abundantly. We just got to get under the spout where the glory's coming out. Hallelujah. And, and I mean, get out from under the unbelief umbrella and get under that glory of God that's pouring down right now. God's goodness is being poured out right now. He is so good. He is so good. Ooh, hallelujah. Man, oh man I mean, we've just gotten A little Of it But there's a whole lot more Whole lot more You know, you think of these people They go into the grocery store And, uh, you know They don't do it much These days right now But, you know You go into some of these Grocery stores Especially on a Saturday And they got all these Little booths set up, you know With samples You know And you go in there And, and you walk up And there's somebody over there And they got a little sample And you look and go That looks pretty good And so, you know you you have no intention of buying what's in the box. But you, you walk up and go, "Hmm, what is this?" Uh-huh." Yeah, I'll try. It. Sure, thank you. Bobby, you get one too. You walk off, you eat, "Oh, that was so good." Bobby, go back and get another one. And don't eat it. Don't eat it, Bobby. Bring it, bring it to Mommy. Bring it to Daddy right now. Bobby, go back and get another one, you know, because you're too embarrassed to go back and get another one. If you like it so much, go buy the whole box. Get two boxes. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be fanatical. I just, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, it's getting a little late now, Pastor. You should wrap it up. That's just, I got a little taste. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. That's all I need. Just give me a little sample. You know, uh, we had a family business growing up, and uh, it was called the Yogurt Farm. And we'd serve soft frozen yogurt. And so, you know, people would come in, and they'd say, I'd like a sample of the chocolates. Like, you never had chocolate before? Okay. So you get a little, we had these these little sample cups. You put a little chocolate in there, you hand in the chocolate. Let me try the strawberry. Okay, you see this all the time it's crazy some of the same people too they had a sample oh you got a new flavor today I'll try the banana well thank you thank you I'll I'll probably be back later to get that now I know now I know what I want to get later they were just happy just give me just give me a taste that's all I want but he didn't come to just give you a taste he said taste to see the Lord is good but he didn't say stop there He said, you go ahead and get the large, big gulp thing. You understand what I'm saying? You get the biggest faith container that you can muster up. And know that that isn't even big enough. You need to expand your faith container and be looking to expand it every day because I want to pour out on you such blessing. There's not going to, I'm telling you, there's not enough room for you to contain it. He wants it to overflow. I've come to give you life and that overflow, overflowing, more than enough. He will never, ever stop at just enough. He's a too much God. He's a too much God. One of his names in the Old Testament is El Shaddai, and it means the God, God Almighty, the God who is more than enough, literally. He's the God who's more than enough. Hallelujah. That's the God we serve, praise God. And this morning's samples is to help stretch you to step up to the counter and get yourself a large. Get yourself a large. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord this morning. Praise God.
0: That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at LOFBC.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is LOFBC.org. And you can always call 888-542-542. 2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember we always triumph and we always win.